Hi, food eaters. This is Mel Weinstein, host of the Food Labels Revealed podcast and the self-professed prophet of processed foods. I'm glad to have you as a listener for this 16th episode. I hope you enjoy it, are entertained a bit, and learn a few things along the way. In today's show, I'm going to investigate two very popular toppings in the processed food industry, namely Kraft's Cool Whip and Cheese Whiz. It seems like those products have been around forever. What are they made of? Are they okay to eat from a health and nutrition perspective? If you've been consuming them, should you continue? This episode will give you the skinny on those processed foods, plus I'll take a look at a new product on the grocery store shelves. For those new to the podcast, here's some of my history. I have a 30 plus year background in chemistry education, food testing, and chemical testing research. And for many years, I've had a fascination, some may call it an obsession, with the processed foods we eat, what constitutes those foods, and what they could be doing to our health. Because of my 20 plus working years in the food ingredient industry, I also bring some inside views to this subject. This is the only podcast that I know of that is devoted to looking behind the processed food curtain at all of those strange, unusual, and sometimes dangerous ingredients that wind up in many of the foods on our grocery store shelves. What's listed on those food labels? The ingredients, additives, processing aids, and other sundry things. Why are they there? Should you really be putting those chemicals in your gut? This is a 100% guaranteed free podcast. It won't cost you a penny, and I will never ask you for money. There are no sponsors or financial supporters. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are mine, and I'll refuse to help promote any business, commercial product, or organization. I just want to keep this podcast authentic. All I ask of you is to give me your time, which I know is a valuable commodity. The phrase fake news is all over the news these days, with many people questioning the validity of the information they hear in the mainstream media or on the internet. you really got to be on your toes, since there is quite a bit of information, or news, that can't be trusted. So, the topic for today Mirroring the current political climate is fake food. Now, fake food is nothing new. It's been around since food manufacturing started. B. Wilson, a British author, delves into the subject in the book called Swindled, The Dark History of Food Fraud, which goes into sometimes gross detail about how food purveyors have altered, adulterated, contaminated, and modified food, in the last several hundred years. One of the first fake foods to come along in the 1880s was margarine, an invention by a French chemist. It was a cheap look-alike for butter. It caused an uproar across the United States with some people calling it a greasy counterfeit. And one congressman was quoted as saying that it was the, quote, monumental fraud of the 19th century, unquote. And margarine really pissed off dairy producers since it contained no milk, a big loss for them. Attempts were made to ban the product in some states and across the nation. After all the hoopla was over, 
the federal government passed what was called the Margarine Act of 1886. Yeah, I'm not not kidding. There was a Margarine Act, which imposed a two-cent tax on every pound sold and required expensive licenses be issued to margarine manufacturers. Now, today, we don't think twice about fake foods, particularly margarine. They're all over the grocery store. In episode 9 of this podcast, entitled Eating a Bologna Sandwich, I mentioned Kraft American Cheese, a processed cheese invented in 1914 by James Kraft, which revolutionized the cheese industry. A fake food. But it wasn't until after World War II that most of the fake foods that we are familiar with today were invented. Why? That was the era when food science and food processing grew exponentially. In this podcast, I'm going to examine two fake foods that were launched in the 1950s and 60s and still survive today, 50 to 70 years later. Cool Whip and Cheese Whiz. Let's start with Cool Whip. It was introduced in the marketplace in 1966 by the Bird's Eye Division of General Foods. Do I hear an ad? The problem with most whipped dessert toppings is you have to whip them yourself. And that can seem to take forever. Use Cool Whip Topping. It's ready when you are. No beaters, no mess. Just the great fresh taste of Cool Whip. What are you waiting for? Ah, such wonderful memories from 30 years ago. Cool Whip was intended to provide a cheap and stable alternative to whipped cream. Nowadays, Cool Whip is manufactured by the Kraft Company, a company that has an expertise and long history in the development of fake foods. Of course, Kraft can't advertise Cool Whip as whipped cream. Why not? It would not only be deceptive, but it is actually against federal law. Years ago, the government created what are called Standards of Identity, which are listed in the United States Code of Federal Regulations, known as the CFR in government speak, and they represent legal definitions of food products. There are hundreds of these definitions. Here's the one for whipped cream. It's coded 131.25. The unqualified name whipped cream should not be applied to any product other than one made by whipping the cream that complies with the standards of identity for whipping cream, that is heavy cream or light cream, of this chapter. So... Cool Whip is labeled as a whipped topping, not whipped cream. Originally, it was a non-dairy product, but after 2010, as we'll see, it can't be labeled that way anymore. The product is sold frozen, but it's placed in the refrigerator before use. Although there are other brands of whipped toppings, such as Dream Whip and Ready Whip, the Cool Whip product is the best seller in the United States. Of course, there are a bunch of styles like original, extra creamy, French vanilla, light, which is lower fat, 
free, which is no fat, and sugar free, as well as several seasonal flavors like strawberry and chocolate. Cool Whip has great staying power. A fellow by the name of Jonathan Fields conducted an experiment with his daughter to show her the difference between real and fake food. He placed dollops of Cool Whip and freshly made whipped cream into two bowls. The real stuff started to liquefy in minutes, but the Cool Whip appeared unchanged after 12 days. The powers of food science revealed. Now let's take a look at Cool Whip. In my grocery store, there are four versions of Cool Whip. There's the original, the light, as I said, was low, lower fat, the free, no fat, and the sugar-free. Later, I'll investigate what makes these versions different from one another. Each 8-ounce tub costs $1.50. On top of the lid was written, Fridge Fresh for Two Weeks. Meaning, once you place the tub in the refrigerator, it was good to eat for 14 days. The serving size is 2 tablespoons, and there are 25 servings per container. There are 16 ingredients in Cool Whip, and here they are. Starting off with water. Then there's hydrogenated vegetable oil, either coconut oil or palm kernel oil. High fructose corn syrup, corn syrup, skim milk, and then all the rest of these are less than 2% in the product. Light cream, sodium caseinate, natural flavor, artificial flavor, xanthan gum, guar gum, polysorbate 60, sorbitan monosterate, sodium polyphosphate, and finally beta carotene for color. Notice that the first ingredient is water. How much water, you ask? I can actually estimate that by calculating the amounts of the major ingredients and ignoring the minor ingredients. It's a bit of reverse engineering. Now, this gets a little mathematical, so if you're mystified by calculations, that's fine. Just listen to the final results. The second ingredient is oil. And the Nutrition Facts label says there are 1.5 grams of oil or fat in every two tablespoons of Cool Whip, which is 9 grams. And that comes out to be about 17%. The next ingredients are corn syrups, which are just forms of sugar. The label says there are 2 grams of sugar in two tablespoons, and that's about 22% sugar. The last major ingredient is skim milk, which has most of the protein. But there are zero grams of protein reported on the label. What to do? Well, I'm going to cheat a little. The website, fatsecret.com, lists 0.94 grams of protein in 8 ounces of frozen whipped topping. So I'll use that number. There are 25 servings per container, so dividing 0.94 by 24, 25 gives 0 0.038 grams of protein per serving. Finally, there are about 8.5 grams of protein per 8 ounces of skim milk. 
So, taking 0.038 grams of protein, dividing by 8.5 grams, and multiplying by 224 grams, which is 8 ounces, gives 1 gram of skim milk per serving. Dividing 1 gram of skim milk by 9 grams of Cool Whip per serving gives about 11% skim milk. I hope you're all still with me. Now all we have to do is add everything together. The oil at 17%, the sugar at 22%, and the skim milk at 11% to give a total of 50%. That means, as a gross estimate, that Cool Whip is actually half water. In shelling out $1.50 for that 8-ounce tub of Cool Whip, you're paying for about 4 ounces of water. Let's take a closer look at the ingredients in Cool Whip. With one exception, I'm just going to talk about some of the chemical additives, so I'll skip over the things like skim milk and cream. But for the oil ingredients, it's important to mention that they are hydrogenated. That means they contain trans fatty acids, which are implicated in heart disease. Now, the FDA has banned trans fatty acids in foods, but have allowed food companies to reformulate their products through the year 2018. But if you look at the Nutrition Facts label on Cool Whip, it reports zero grams of trans fat. What the hey? The catch, or the loophole, is that food companies do not have to report levels of 0.5 grams or less per serving. So the public gets hoodwinked. I remember a regrettable time in my younger days when I would eat a whole tub of Cool Whip. It was easy to do since the stuff was so soft and airy. But in retrospect, that was pretty dumb. Food eaters, have you done that? Now, be honest. Let's say that there actually is a half a gram of trans fat in one serving. In eating the whole tub, I was consuming 25 servings, or 12 and a half grams, of trans fat. Wow, my poor heart. Now, I'm also going to skip over the high fructose corn syrup and its cousin, corn syrup, both of which have been covered in previous episodes. If you want a good review of high fructose corn syrup, or HFCS, please listen to episode 3, where it was the ingredient of the day and thoroughly discussed. I'm going to begin with ingredient number 8, which is sodium caseinate. That sound means that this is the first time that this additive has appeared in the podcast. The word caseinate comes from casein. When you see the word casein, think milk. Casein is one of the two main proteins in milk. The other is whey. Casein is the less soluble protein, and some people find it hard to digest, uh, causing tummy woes. Whey is a soluble protein, easier to digest unless you're lactose intolerant, and it's often found in muscle-building powder supplements. When milk is acidified, the casein precipitates or forms a solid. 
If that material is treated with sodium hydroxide, more commonly known as drain cleaner, sodium caseinate forms, which is now soluble in water. In Cool Whip, the sodium caseinate helps absorb water, emulsifies the mixture, provides foaming properties, and stabilizes emulsions. Just the right stuff for a whip topping. Next, I want to talk about gums. In Cool Whip, we have xanthan and guar gums. Gums are the ingredients of the day. These materials are very common in processed foods. They are pretty cheap and only small amounts are used, typically, typically less than 1% of a food formulation. They are also known as hydrocolloids, which are materials that bind a large amount of water relative to their own weight. They bulk up foods like pectin and jelly and gelatin and jello. Gums like xanthan and guar provide viscosity and thickness to a product. Other common gums you'll see in foods are agar, carrageenan, sodium alginate, gum arabic, and locust bean gum. Now, don't get these kinds of gums confused with modern chewing gums. They are two very different things. I examined chewing gums in episode 14 if you want to learn about them. Ingredient number 13 is polysorbate 60. This is another emulsifier holding the oil and water together. It's manufactured by the combination of sorbitol, a sugar alcohol, and stearic acid. It's a fatty acid from meats derived from fat. Polysorbate 60 is also a stabilizer and dispersing agent. On the downside, it may be contaminated with 1,4-dioxane, a nasty carcinogen. Ingredient number 14 is sorbitan monosterate. How about that? Another new ingredient. This is my kind of day. This is also a sorbitol derivative prepared by reacting sorbitan, which is related to sorbitol, and stearic acid. It's sometimes referred to as synthetic wax. It's just another emulsifier to keep oil and water mixed together in the Cool Whip. This chemical is also used to make plastics, metal machining fluid, brighteners for leather, pesticides, and in the cosmetics industries. Sorbitans, in general, are called spans. Ingredient number 15. Ingredient number 15 is sodium polyphosphate. This is probably the same substance as sodium tripolyphosphate, which was encountered in chicken patties in an earlier episode. It's in Cool Whip probably as a preservative to prevent spoilage. It grabs onto metals, which could cause oxidation of the fat and rancidity. That's all I'm going to say about the Cool Whip ingredients. I'm not going to say much about the nutritional aspects of this product, since who's really thinking about good nutrition while eating this stuff? I will say one thing, though, about the fat content. Per serving, there is only 1.5 grams of fat, but it's all saturated fat, the kind that's bad for your circulatory system. If you downed a whole tub of Cool Whip, that is 25 servings, 
you would be consuming 37.5 grams of saturated fat. According to the Mayo Clinic, a person should be taking in only 22 grams or less of saturated fat per day. So a tub of Cool Whip would represent 170% daily value of saturated fat, irrespective of any other sources of saturated fat that you had that day. That's mind-blowing. My advice, don't eat those tubs in one sitting. I mentioned earlier that Cool Whip comes in several versions. There's original, light, that's lower fat, free, no fat, and sugar-free. How do manufacturers create different versions of essentially the same product? I haven't talked about this processing miracle before, so let's get into it. Food manufacturers like Kraft, which is the third largest food and beverage company in the United States, have sizable research staffs including chemists, food scientists, sensory scientists, analytical scientists, and a whole host of other people to figure out how to take the fat and sugar out of their products. Not having worked for Kraft, I can't give you the details of those processes, but I can figure some things out by simply looking at the labels of these variations and comparing the ingredients against the original. If you look at the labels of these four types of Cool Whip, you will see, for the most part, the ingredients are very similar. So I'm not going to read off the ingredients for each variation. I'll just look at the few differences between the original and the others. Let's start with Cool Whip Light. That variation has one gram of fat per serving compared to one and a half grams in the original. So that's a 33% reduction in fat. How was that done? Kraft still uses hydrogenated vegetable oil, but they use less of it and they also eliminate the skim milk and cream, which contributed a little bit to the fat content. But if something comes out of a processed food, usually something must take its place. In this case, a new ingredient shows up on the label, modified food starch. I've talked about modified starches a lot, so I won't rehash them here, except to say that modified starch is a generic term for dozens and dozens of industrialized chemicals that provide the specific properties in foods that manufacturers want. The FDA, in their infinite wisdom, does not require food companies to tell consumers what modified starches they use. In this case, Kraft is probably using a fat-mimicking modified food starch, which provides some mouthfeel, so the consumer doesn't notice uh, the missing fat. There's more evidence on the label for the addition of modified starch, since Cool Whip Light has 50% more carbs in it than Cool Whip Original. A rather unusual ingredient shows up in both the light and fat-free versions, it's sodium hydroxide, which I earlier referred to as an ingredient in commercial drain cleaner. I'm not sure why that chemical is added. It definitely makes the product alkaline, but it may also assist in keeping the starch from retrograding or coming out of the liquid emulsion, which would cause the foamy material to collapse. That would not be a pretty sight. Next, we have Cool Whip Free. 
And remember, that has no fat. Its ingredients are identical to those in Cool Whip Light. But I hear you saying, wait, Mel, didn't you mention that hydrogenated vegetable oil was in the light product? Yes, I did. And it's also in the no-fat stuff. How can that be? Well, don't you remember the 0.5 gram per serving rule? If the fat content is 0.5 grams or less, the food manufacturer can say there is zero fat in the product. But you cry foul. Too bad. That's just the way it is, and you can thank the FDA for that. So, in Cool Whip Free, Kraft has reduced the total amount of fat to 0.5 grams or less. How did they do that? The same way that it was used to make Cool Whip Light. They used modified food starch. The light product has only one gram of fat per serving, so all Kraft had to do was knock that down by 50% to 0.5 grams by using still less hydrogenated vegetable oil and probably a little more modified food starch, but not enough to change the Nutrition Facts label. Finally, there's Cool Whip Sugar-Free. Well, that's pretty obvious. Kraft just took most of the sugar out, right? Yes, they removed high fructose corn syrup and left some corn syrup in. But isn't corn syrup sugar as well? Yes. But again, don't forget the 0.5 gram per serving rule again. So they can report zero grams of sugar. Now, taking a lot of sugar out would leave a hole in the product and it wouldn't have a sweet taste. What to do? Well, Kraft added two artificial sweeteners, acesulfame potassium and aspartame, to restore the sweetness. But since those are high-intensity sweeteners, they only needed to use minuscule amounts. To replace the lost sugar volume, they again used a modified food starch. I would guess a different one from what was used in the reduced fat or fat-free versions. Let's put Cool Whip to bed. Summing up what we know about Cool Whip, here's what it looks like. Cool Whip is a semi-synthetic emulsion of sweetened milky water and oil that is preserved and stabilized by synthetic chemicals. Does that sound appetizing to you? So why do we eat this fake food? Well, yeah, it's ready-made, convenient, tastes good, cheaper than whipped cream, and the craft company has some great marketing skills. But all of us should realize what we sacrifice for that convenience and our cravings. We wind up compromising our health. The next fake food is another craft product, Cheese Whiz. Kraft really has a knack for making convincingly real fake foods. Do I hear another commercial? Cheese Whiz adds personality, personality. So many ways to use it every day. For sauces on nachos, or poured on tomato soup too. The tangy taste of Cheese Whiz puts zip in everything you do. Cheese Whiz adds personality, personality. Adds personality, Cheese Whiz. That catchy tune is also from 1987. 
Notice the spelling of cheese in this product. It's spelled C-H-E-E-Z. Since this product is a processed cheese, Kraft cannot legally call it cheese in the traditional sense of the word. Kraft actually calls its product, which comes in a glass jar, a cheese dip. But many people use it as a spread or topping. I know as a kid I ate a ton of the stuff on Ritz crackers. In actuality, there's no cheese in Cheese Whiz, but as we'll see, it contains a cheese culture. When Cheese Whiz was first commercialized around 1953, there was real cheese in it. But in the early 2000s, Kraft quietly reformulated the product and failed to inform its customers of that major change. Just went under the radar. Cheese Whiz comes in several varieties including light, Tex-Mex, queso, Italia, bacon, and pimiento. I'll just be looking at the original flavor. Dean Southworth was a member of the original team at Kraft in the early 50s that developed Cheese Whiz. Here's his take on why the cheese was removed from the product, as written in the book Salt, Sugar, Fat by Michael Moss. Quote, I imagine it's a marketing and profit thing. If you don't have to use cheese, which has to be kept in storage for a certain length of time in order to become usable, then you've eliminated the cost of storage and there is more to the profit center. End quote. Most people know these days that cheese of any kind is a major contributor to the obesity epidemic in the United States due to its high fat content. Cheese has taken over this country. You find it in everything. I always get a kick out of the pizza restaurant advertisements, often declaring some new innovation in the use of cheese. Not content with just having cheese as a topping, the cheese winds up in the crust, sometimes injected into the crust, or layered with several varieties on top or sandwiched between two crusts. Michael Moss wrote, quote, Americans now eat as much as 33 pounds or more of cheese and pseudo-cheese products a year, triple the amount we consumed in the early 1970s. Cheese consumption increased 3 pounds per person per year since 2001. Roughly 33 pounds of cheese delivers as many as 60,000 calories, which is enough energy on its own to sustain an adult for a month. Those 33 pounds also have as many as 3,100 grams of saturated fat, or more than half a year's recommended maximum intake. Cheese has become the single largest source of saturated fat in the American diet though it is hardly the only culprit. Day in and day out, Americans on average are exceeding the recommended maximum of fat by more than 50%. End of quote. As I said, Cheese Whiz comes in a jar. In my local grocery store, it sells for $5.79 for 15 ounces. On top of the lid is written, Fridge fresh for two weeks. The serving size is two tablespoons or one ounce or about 33 grams. Here are the ingredients. Whey, 
milk, canola oil, maltodextrin, milk protein concentrate, sodium propionate, contains less than 2% of the following, modified food starch, salt, lactic acid, whey protein concentrate, mustard flour, Worcestershire sauce, which is made of vinegar, molasses, corn syrup, water, salt, caramel color, garlic powder, sugar, and spices, and contains some celery, tamarind, and natural flavor. Continuing, there is sodium alginate, sorbic acid as a preservative, color added, cheese culture, enzymes, and finally, natural flavor. There's a total of 28 ingredients in Cheese Whiz. A bunch of these come from the Worcestershire sauce, which has 11 of them. So, to be fair, let's just say there's 18 unique ingredients in Cheese Whiz. The first ingredient, and thereby the major ingredient, is whey. Recall that I mentioned that there are two major proteins in milk, casein and whey. When milk is curdled to produce cheese, the casein precipitates out and the whey is left behind in the liquid. It is filtered out and used for various purposes. The fat content of whey is very low. You can just imagine how much whey is produced in the dairy industry. At one time, whey was considered a waste product and either tossed out to, to give a pollutant in rivers and streams or it was sprayed on fields as a fertilizer. After the government banned the dumping of whey, the dairy industry started using it as a filler in foods like ice cream. Nowadays, equipment exists to concentrate the whey and turn it into a more valuable product like whey protein concentrate, which shows up as ingredient number 10 on the label. You find concentrated whey products as dry patterns used in muscle building supplements or as an additive in processed foods. One problem with dried whey is that it is very high in lactose, so lactose intolerant folks should stay away from this stuff since the lactose content ranges from 65 to 75 percent. The whey in Cheese Whiz is the liquid carrier for the cheese-like ingredients. The second ingredient in Cheese Whiz is canola oil. Out of a single serving of 33 grams, there are 5 grams of fat in Cheese Whiz. That's 15%. Half of the 80 calories in a serving comes from fat. 20% of the fat, or 1 gram per serving, is saturated fat. If you should happen to throw down a whole jar in a fit of stupidity, you would be consuming 13 grams or about a half ounce of saturated fat. That's 60% of the recommended daily limit. As an aside, canola oil is obtained from the rapeseed plant and used to be called rapeseed oil. When the primary producer, Canada, started to export the oil, they wisely dropped their rapeseed name and decided to include the C-A-N in the name to represent Canada. A product with the word rape in its name would likely be hard to market. The fourth ingredient is milk protein concentrate. This product, derived from milk, contains 40 to 90% milk protein. Starting with skim milk, some components like lactose are partially removed by ultrafiltration. 
Then the remaining solids are dried to give the concentrate. This ingredient is used along with milk, whey protein concentrate, and the last three ingredients on the label, cheese culture, enzymes, and natural flavor to mimic real cheese. The sixth ingredient is the industrial additive called sodium propionate, which is a preservative and, along with sorbic acid, the 24th ingredient keeps the cheese whiz from going moldy. The 23rd ingredient is sodium alginate. This is really my lucky day. This is the third new ingredient. I've been doing this podcast for about a year now and I'm still coming across these. Sodium alginate is chemically derived from the natural product called brown seaweed that grows in cold water regions. It's known for the property of dissolving in water using strong agitation to give a thick solution. That is, it provides viscosity and emulsification to a mixture. Sodium alginate is what gives cheese whiz its gooiness. The number 25 ingredient is color added. That's really helpful, isn't it? Kraft does not want to tell us what additive they're using for color. Either they want to keep that info information proprietary, or they want the option to switch out the additive without having to change the label. In any event, a color needs to be added to the mixture so the cheese whiz looks like real cheese instead of a white or grayish mud. I'm only going to say one thing about the Nutrition Facts label. Note the sodium content of cheese whiz is 410 milligrams per serving. If you ate six servings or roughly six ounces of cheese whiz, you would exceed the daily recommended limit for sodium. Above and beyond all the other sources of sodium that you ate that day, I can't imagine it would be difficult to put away that much cheese whiz, particularly if you had a box of crackers to go along with it. One last thing on the subject of these toppings. Can you get healthier versions of Cool Whip and Cheese Whiz? Yes, but you will pay for it. A company in Germany called Tofu Town makes a product called Soyatu. That's spelled S-O-Y-A-T-O-O. It's an organic, soy-based, non-dairy whip topping in a can. It has 11 ingredients, not counting the propellant gas. It has no trans fats, preservatives, artificial colors, or flavors. The only synthetic ingredient is organic maltodextrin. Amazon sells it for $9.74 for a 10-ounce can, but it can be obtained cheaper at other online stores. But you'll wind up paying at least four times the cost of Cool Whip. There are very few healthier replacements for Cheese Whiz, but one is Nacho No Cheese Tangy Mild, made by Happy Vegan. Nacho is spelled N-O-T-C-H-O, and no cheese is spelled N-O-C-H-E-E-Z-E. This product is all-natural and non-GMO, with no preservatives, artificial colors, or flavors. Amazon sells it for $9.99 for a 12-ounce jar, which is about twice the cost of Cheese Whiz. 
It's time again for the feature called New Food Inventions, which is dedicated to examining some of the latest and greatest processed foods recently introduced into the marketplace. Since the Kraft Food Company is on the hot seat today, let's look at one of its latest offerings. Heinz and Kraft are joined at the hip, so I'll examine a new barbecue sauce from the Heinz Company. It's called Caroline Vinegar style tangy. That's a long name. Why do they have to make these names so long? Here are the ingredients in that product. Apple cider vinegar, cane sugar, cornstarch, dark brown sugar, distilled white vinegar, garlic powder, mustard seed, natural flavor, natural smoke flavor, paprika, salt, spices, tomato paste, turmeric, water, and xanthan gum. As processed foods go, it doesn't look too bad, even with 16 ingredients. It partly uses natural vinegar in addition to the factory-made stuff. There's cane sugar in it and not high-fructose corn syrup. And it uses natural flavors, not synthetic ones. Looking at the Nutrition Facts label, it's very low in fat and cholesterol. There are 7 grams of sugar per serving of two tablespoons, which is about 21% of the sauce. That's fairly high for sugar content, but it's not unusual for a barbecue sauce. Given that the ingredients and nutrition facts are not too appalling, I might even try this product. So, let's close the show. To all you food eaters out there, thanks for listening. If you could leave a review, good or bad, at the iTunes store, I would greatly appreciate it. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, or by searching online for the title Food Labels Revealed. And, of course, you can listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by installing any of the available apps like Apple's Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and others. So, food eaters, after hearing all these details about the fake foods, Cool Whip, and Cheese Whiz, are you still going to buy and consume them? Let me know by writing me at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. That's foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. Also, if you have a question on anything about food ingredients, feel free to drop me a line. Until next time, take care, and if you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants.